Hey friends, before the episode starts, I'd like to let you all know that we are releasing our first ever podcast merch. As a thank you for two and a half thousand streams, we are giving away free Minor Issues stickers to anyone who completes certain tasks for the podcast. The full list of these tasks is in this episode's description. If you email us at minorissuespodcast at gmail.com, we can also send you that list and it's also available on our Instagram. Basically, it includes things like sharing the podcast with your friends, subscribing on a listening platform, writing a review, etc. So if you want to claim your free Minor Issue sticker mailed right to your door, complete one of these tasks today. Hey friends, this is Minor Issues. I'm Lily Halloran. A few months ago, I heard a term that was mostly unfamiliar to me, the water crisis. As someone who has never struggled with access to clean water, it didn't occur to me that this was a privilege millions of people don't have. And so when I first came across the Thirst Project, it was clear to me I needed to do an episode on the water crisis and what people are doing to end it. So this week I talked with TJ about what the world would look like if everyone had clean water, and what we can be doing to help. Thank you for tuning in. Prejudice, the healthcare debate, police brutality, pollution, mass incarceration, this is Minor Issues. I am TJ Eaglin. I am 19 years old from Houston, Texas. I am a Thirst Project ambassador as well as a digital marketing intern for Thirst Project. So how did you become interested in the Thirst Project? I actually first heard about Thirst Project through Cameron Boyce. So if you don't know, Cameron Boyce was a really, really talented young actor who unfortunately passed away about two years ago. But before that, I would always see Cam and Thirst Project together and it started to make me think like, what is Thirst Project, you know? There was something that Cameron actually said, which was, uh, we all go, but what you leave should be bigger than yourself. That was something that really stuck with me. And I was like, I want to do something. I want to get involved. How can I do that? And so luckily enough for me, I was able to become um, a road warrior in January of 2020. And I was traveling with Thirst Project and going to different schools, conferences, educating young people about the water crisis and what it was. And yeah. You mentioned the water crisis a little bit. Would you mind just going into depth about what that is? So just to break it down, so the water crisis basically right now, over 600 million people on our planet still lack access to a clean, safe water system. You know, it's kind of hard for us to imagine that because we use water for everything, but people living within water-scarce environments on average have about less than five gallons of water per person per day. That's a huge contrast to Americans, whereas we use about 100 gallons of water per person per day. And so basically with the water crisis, there are three um, main issues or problems that we like to talk about. I'll talk about cleaning first. So when you wash with dirty water, there's lots of different bacterias, parasites that can be found within that water that can be contracted through the skin. So obviously huge health problems when it comes from washing with dirty water. And moving on to the second one, which is collecting with dirty water. Most people in these developing countries that we worked with, the task of collecting water typically falls along either children between the ages of 8 to 13 or women and young girls. And so oftentimes that means that they can't go to school or get an education because their main job to their family is to collect water so they can survive and meet all their daily needs. 
Typically, they walk about 3.75 miles in one day just to fetch from open water sources. And the third being, obviously, drinking dirty water, not a huge plus. <laughs> one of the big things that we talk about is waterborne diseases actually kill more than AIDS, malaria, and all world violence combined, which is including war. And so something as simple as diarrhea is actually the second leading cause of death for children under the age of five worldwide. Drinking dirty water actually plays a huge role in that number and in these simple illnesses and sicknesses that are unfortunately killing young children all over the world. It's obviously a really important issue, but it's something that doesn't pop up very much when we're talking about problems in the world, which is kind of concerning to me. I mean, I just learned about it a couple months ago. It's like when you look on social media, you hardly ever see anything about water crisis or things going on. So that's kind of why, you know, we're so advocate about it because we want to make that difference. Okay, so does this crisis intersect at all with any other problems in the world? One of the big things that I tie the water crisis with is climate change. You have all of these different changes in weather patterns, precipitation patterns, all of this uncertainty within the environment. Now, when you think about food security in a lot of these different areas and countries that we work with, agricultural development and things of that nature is a huge resource for them, whether it's for their own personal daily needs to eat or economic productivity. And so with not having a stable access to that clean water, that in itself causes a huge problem. And tying into that with climate change, both of those combined plays a huge role in instability. Having access to that clean water, it allows more stability and knowing we can have agriculture, we can produce our crops, or we can do this without the uncertainty of everything else that's going on with climate change and things of that nature. After this quick break, TJ and I will continue the conversation about the water crisis. Stay with us. Thanks for staying with us. All of our ad revenue this month is going to Mental Health America. Now back to the show. And how is the Thirst Project working to end this water crisis? Yeah, so what we do is we're going into these different communities and we're working with them and we hire local drillers and they drill about 200 to 300 feet into the ground. And so what they do is they tap into pre-existing water tables. So water that's already in the ground and they build freshwater well systems to help draw up and bring that safe, protected water to people. And so when you do that, you'll start to see, you know, amazing results by having access to that clean, fresh water. We train members in the community and we have a team in the community and we teach them about, you know, sanitation, hygiene, because it's equally as important to maintain those sanitation and hygiene regulations and things of that nature. When we're gone, because we're not there 24-7, the community is the one who takes care of that well. So it is, you know, their well, it's their responsibility. So they take care of it. And yeah. And really quick, where are these communities primarily? So one of our main focuses right now is Eswatini, Africa. They have the single highest density HIV AIDS population in the entire world. And so although that's not the type of work that we do, having access to a clean, safe water system role when it comes to help treat or manage AIDS. And so that's kind of one of the big reasons why we're focusing um, there. And we actually have a mission and a goal to be the first organization to help bring water to an entire nation. And so that's our Eswatini is like one of our big goals right now. But we're also active in other areas like El Salvador, India, um, and different other places. But Eswatini for right now is like our main focus. <laughs> a question to think about here is what would the world look like if everyone had clean water? In all of these communities, what would the impacts be? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So 
88% of all diseases in the world are actually caused by lack of access to clean water. Meaning that if everyone in the world had access to clean water, we could actually cut global diseases by 88%, which is kind of crazy to think about. And just like uh, going back to the communities, like we talked about, when you bring clean water to a community, disease rates can drop overnight just by having clean water. And things like child mortality rates can drop upwards of 90%. And suddenly it means, you know, that children who used to have to walk three to four miles every single day just to fetch dirty water don't have to anymore. And so it means that they can take that time to go to school, get an education, just like you and me. And it means that women who used to have to spend most of their days fetching water as well can get proper jobs and contribute financially to their households. So water really does change everything. <laughs> yeah, it really has impacts on things we often don't even think about. So why is it important then that youth and younger generations pay attention to this issue? One of the big reasons that I feel it's important for Gen Z in general to pay attention is because this is pretty much our world right now. <laughs> We're still young right now, but all of the problems, all the things that are going on in the world, they're slowly but fastly coming right upon us. And it's up to us to make the world that we want to live in. No change is going to be done unless we're the ones who make the change. And so I think it's very important for Gen Z and young people to realize that if we don't like something, we talk about it, we fix it, we find solutions and we spread awareness about it to help, you know, make the change that we want to see. What are the first steps that we can take towards ending the water crisis? I would say education and awareness. So just as it's important to talk about an issue and spread awareness about an issue, I would say it's equally as important to educate yourself on the issue and know what it is you're talking about, what are the facts, and how it actually impacts everything. So just like with the water crisis, I would say you can do that through us, ourselves, Thirst Project, on our website, there's tons of resources online. Google is always a big friend talking about it. And then if, like, if you actually want to work with us, it's easy to just start a fundraiser with us, all of that good stuff. But I would definitely say awareness and education are top priorities when it comes to getting involved um, with the water crisis. Yeah, thank you so much for talking with me today. Is there anything else that you would like to add for the listeners? I would say to young people that the same power that we have right now and power that we're going to have later down the line. So I don't think you have to wait. And if you're hesitant about jumping into the water crisis or whatever the case may be, I would push you to leap for it and go for it because you can be the change that you want in the world. So, yeah. The organization that TJ works with can be found on Instagram at thirstproject.com or online at thirstproject.org. All of that is linked in this episode's description. Big thanks to TJ for talking with me this week. It was a pleasure to talk with you. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Minor Issues. I'm your editor and host, Lily Halloran. Our producer is Eunice Bekarov. Our ambassadors are Michael, Rhiannon, Miriam, Bipot, and Tabitha. Our freelancers are Mira, Rhea, and Malik. Our secretary is Vivi. And our graphic designer is Jimelin. This week, I was supposed to talk with fellow teen podcaster Melody about high school stress and procrastination, but I ended up having to push it back to two weeks from now on February 17th, so be on the lookout for our next episode. And if you want to learn more about Minor Issues, you can visit linktr.ee slash minorissuespodcast. Again, that is linked in this episode's description. Have a great day.